Hello, everybody. I'm Molly Lloyd. Hey, and I'm Blair Brooks. And listen, if you all have never joined us before, which I hope ain't the case, but if it is, we are just two moms just trying to figure out what it's like in toddler purgatory. And we do a little bit of research. And we have a whole lot of opinions. <laughs> and we have a whole lot of opinions. And here we are. And we just want to welcome you to toddler purgatory. Molly, what are we talking about today? Today, we are touching on a hot topic for 2021, and you know we're talking about vacationing. Get me out of here. We've been so cooped up. <laughs> it's like the gates have opened and we're all just running free. And that's how it feels when we're getting online and looking at possibilities for vacations. I do a weekend every year, long weekend, with my girlfriends, and that is amazing. Oh, that is so smart. It's good. And it's pretty fun. We didn't do it last year, which would have been our 20th year of doing it. So many anniversaries in 2020 were just... Yep. Farted out. (laughs) It's like the match flame was lit and 2020 just farted on it and put it out. (laughs) And that match represents all the vacations and time together with family and friends we had planned. Absolutely. I'm even scheduling something for 2022 right now. Yes. Because we can't do everything this year. Listen, everyone is hungry for it. Everyone is hungry to get out. And also what the pandemic taught us was that don't sit on it. Don't sit on those vacations that you've always wanted to take because that privilege could just be taken right away from you. Yes. No, last year we went to so we planned to go to Charleston for my little one's birthday. And of course, that got canceled. And then we also had a trip planned to Portugal. (gasps) Yes. You know, we like to when we vacation, we vacation hard. Right. And we take all of the children with us. So we ended up canceling the Charleston trip. But then in May-ish, it was like, okay, we got to get out. And we realized at that point that we could drive and it wouldn't be too bad. So we went to Charleston in May and it was fantastic. Now, was your husband down there with you? Yes. The whole time? The whole time. So he was able to work from home. He was able to work. He brought a whole little setup. Now, were you aware at the time or is this... News to you as it was to me today that that is called a flexcation. I did not know that, but it sure did feel flexible. Yes, it's being flexible and being able to go somewhere for maybe a little bit of a longer time because kids were learning from home mm-hmm. and some parents were able to work from home. And obviously that's an incredible privilege to be able to have, yes, right? Absolutely. So families who are able to were able to get out of town like you guys and have a nice extended stay and get away and be flexible, which is pretty awesome. It was great. And that was the thing, too. People in New York City, everyone was gone. As soon as like Airbnbs, VRBOs, HomeAways opened up, people were gone or, of course, in their summer homes. And they stayed there as opposed to just going on the weekends, right? Everyone was flexcationing like crazy. Everything. Well, you know, this is something fun. On TripSavvy.com, they posted the results of VRBO, which is now being called Verbo. And they said they released their annual trend report that reveals how families are going to be planning to travel in 2021. And in the past, they look at travel demand data to determine trends. But this year, because everything is so crazy bananas and there's so much uncertainty in the travel landscape, as they said, they also surveyed more than 8,000 people who were all parents with children under 18 living at home. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out how the families are feeling about traveling this year. Let me tell you something. 
It says, according to the results, eight out of ten families already have travel planned for 2021. I know they do. Get me out of this house with these children's. Yes. And 65% said they would travel more frequently than they did pre-pandemic. And now here's the bananas one. Some people... 54% of respondents said they're planning to take their bucket list trip in 2021. Oh, listen. How many times you live? How many times you live? Once. Get out there. Do it. Yes. Depending on your religion and spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tend to agree with you. Once. So you got to get out there. And, there, and people, you know, there are this pandemic has been a dark cloud, but there have been some silver linings. And hopefully one thing it has done for us all is to realize what's important and that we'll you know we can't get this time back so what can we do now to make our life exactly or as close to what we wanted it to be or what we want it to be as possible absolutely and to show that to our kids too our kids need to know that too to not be limited and to show them listen it is tough financially right now mentally but even to just do things that are outside of the box for your children is so essential. And, you know, their little braids just get to, like, you know, <laughs> flourish. I think the word you're looking for is flourish. Flourish. Yes, indeed. Well, I think that's a really good way to look at it, too. And this article on Trip Savvy, they quote a child psychologist and parent coach named Anne Louise Lockhart, who she puts it perfectly. She said, the way that we handle this and the way that we handle planning vacations and doing things this year that we wanted to do last year and couldn't is setting a really great example and is a total learning opportunity for our kids. She says, quote, it's a redo, letting them know that although plans might not have been what we expected, we can be flexible and we can be looking forward to things and we can try again. Mm -hmm. She says, I love that. And it's such a parallel to parenting. You know what, Anne Louise Lockhart? You're darn right. You're gosh darn right. And thank you for that, Anne Louise. And not everything has to be a teachable moment, but I do think that we have some opportunities coming out of this pandemic to find those teachable moments. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Blair? What are your plans? What's going on with for you this year? Let's see. We may go see the parental units. Mine down in Georgia. Now, here's a question. Yeah. Do you consider that a vacation? Is that relaxing for you? Because we all have, I think, Mm. an added pressure this year to not only take care of ourselves by taking vacations, but also... We are, many people are able to see family for the first time. Hallelujah. So can we consider that a vacation? Is there a way to make it a vacation? You know, I don't know. I still have a tough time with that because I, you know, it's get down or get up, get over, or you get up to get down, hey, to see family and all that comes with it. And sometimes it could be a little stressful, you know, but then it's also just like the best. It's the best. And then I also take on the role sometimes of just being like the, I take care of everything for the vacations. It's my brain that does everything. So if I'm not traveling alone, like what you said about having this girl's trip is so, I have to do that because sometimes vacationing with the entire clan for me is uh, not, doesn't feel very vacation. It's a lot. You know, it's a lot. It is a lot. It's so fun and it has moments of the happiest times in your life, but also so many sandwiches to make, so much sand on the ground, 
So much sunscreen to apply. So much sunscreen. We're we're already getting that telltale sheen on our porch of like the spray sunscreen. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, before my son leaves the house, I'm like, okay, we're going outside to spray sunscreen. And then it just gets all over the porch. We really need to do it in the middle of the road. Or, yeah, listen, anybody ever tried to wrestle an alligator? Yeah, that's what it's like. Put <laughs> that's what it's like. My kids. Jeez. Just, oh, yeah. Get over here! <laughs> just stand right here. Just stand here. Don't move. It's like as I'm applying it, they like back off. Oh, yeah. Back away. Come here. Like the amount of time that I'm telling them to come back, come to me. Yes. We have like what should take all of 45 seconds takes 45 minutes. Oh, for sure. My son also has decided that he, quote unquote, doesn't like sunscreen. <laughs> oh, you don't? That's funny. Because of the rest of the world, we love it so much. We love putting stuff on every two hours. I love getting spray up my nose and in my ears. It's just like a fun thing for me that I thought that you should join in. <laughs> Sarcasm is lost on him. I'm like, back when I was a kid, we didn't know that you weren't supposed to. <laughs> no clue. We had no clue. No clue. I mean, even me, I'm black. And not until I was like 35 did I start putting sunscreen on every day. Were you like, oh, thank you so much. No, I'm okay. I'm black. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was like, oh, no, this is my natural. I'm in my habitat. Oh, it's hot. The sun's out. Oh, finally. And then I go to dermatologist. She's like, girl, you need to wear some sunscreen. I'm like, poor (laughs) Kay. You know what my dermatologist did? I am Irish and freckled. And she showed me that the top of one of my arms, which the freckles are so dense. I'm showing it to Blair right now. I don't know if you can see it. But but the underside, pale, 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 <laughs> like the chalky moonlight on a summer's eve. Guys, I'm so pale. So she took the top of one arm and then she sh- compared it, laid it right next to the bottom of the other arm. And she said, you see the skin on uh-huh. these two places on your arm? They are the same. The only difference is sun exposure. And one, I swear to God, it's untouched. It's like, it's <laughs> so pale and white. And I said to her, hold up, wait up, straight up, Mr. Lover. Are you trying to tell hey. me that if I had worn a sunscreen since I was a baby, this wouldn't have happened? She goes, she looked at me like I was <laughs> lacking a few brain cells. <laughs> she ain't wrong. She goes, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now I'm a mad woman with my son and he hates it as much as we all do. But how do I instill in him how important it is? It is sun damage. You'll thank us later, kids. And you're welcome. In the meantime, he's just going to just be a... Yeah, what did you say? Wrestling an alligator covered in baby oil. That's what it feels like. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, listen. When we come back after this break, are you as excited as I am? We got a treat for you. We have an actual parenting... Guru! Yes! All right, guru is my word, not hers. <laughs> we'll be talking to Julia Edelstein. She's the editor-in-chief of Parents Magazine. We are so excited to hit her, her up for the facts, for the hot goss, and for a little bit of tea. All about vacationing with your kids in these times that we are having. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. 
It's January, and for me, that means New Year's resolutions. I don't know about you, but eating more healthy foods is always on the top of my goal list. Eating healthy is now easier with Hungry Root, and right now, Hungry Root is offering toddler purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Hungry Root makes it easy to eat healthy. They support all the major diets and lifestyles, including gluten-free, vegan-vegetarian, dairy-free, low-carb, and others. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh high-quality food delivered to your door. They've got healthy groceries and simple recipes all in one place. I love that Hungry Root recommends recipes and groceries based on my taste. I like to take their suggestions, and I always love what I get. My favorite are their burritos. I can quickly heat up a burrito and have lunch with no hassle. Right now, Hungry Root is offering toddler purgatory listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com slash toddler. Don't forget to use our link so they'll know we sent you. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory. Y'all, we have a gift for you today. Molly, tell us who's in the room. Absolutely. Today we are talking to Julia Edelstein, the editor-in-chief of Parents Magazine, which is so good, and I go on parents.com all the time. Julia Edelstein was writing about parenting long before she became a mother herself. She began her career at Time Out New York Kids, a parenting magazine for New Yorkers, and then served as health editor at places like Good Housekeeping and Real Simple before stepping into her current role leading America's most influential media brand for parents, Truth. Julia lives in New York City with her husband and their two sons, ages six and four. She is in the trenches with us. Welcome, Julia. Thank you for that great intro. Thanks for having me. We're going to get right into it about vacationing with kids. I recently went camping with my family, with my husband and son. We booked it for four nights and we stayed for three. (laughs) That's brave. I mean, camping is a brave endeavor with little kids. (laughs) It is. You know, we rented a cabin, so it was somewhere between camping and glamping. What have you found as a mom of an age six and age four-year-old? What have you found to be successful? What are some of your success tips for bringing our kids on vacations in a successful way? You know, there are so many tips. So much of it has to do, I think, with preparedness and also just with expectations and really even having that expectation, maybe we will leave early and not feeling a sense of total defeat if that happens or if something goes wrong. Because I will say I've had so many fun vacations with my kids, but you know, they've gotten sick on I think 50% of them. You know, somebody's gotten (laughs) a terrible sunburn or hurt themselves or hated the kids club or whatever it is. And you just can't expect perfection. You can't expect relaxation. What you're looking to do is really make memories, positive memories, hopefully, and just have those amazing moments that, you know, you're really, that you're going to think about. So, I mean, there are a lot of tips. I do think my number one tip would be trying to book a suite or, you know, I usually like to go with an Airbnb or a rental with really little kids because they go to bed so early and kind of just... It really stinks when you are like stuck in the bathroom or watching a movie on an iPad at eight o'clock at night because <laughs> your kids are asleep. That is so true. That is so true. So, you know, I think that's really the first, that's the first rule. If you're not staying with family, you're, you're better off at, you know, maybe a less nice place where you can have two rooms or a living room and a bedroom or even, you know, you can get a suite with a kitchen than all in one room. And, you know, I think that's really the rule when you have little kids. And then also, you know, I think it's helpful to stay in one place. 
So, you know, not to bounce around to a couple different destinations, but to really try to book a longer trip in one place so that you can get settled. You know, if you have rainy weather or whatever, you're still going to get a couple of quality days in as a family because it does. It can be jarring for some kids. It really depends on your kid, but it takes a little longer to have a good time, I think, on family vacations. <laughs> Stay in one place. That is such a great tip. That's a great tip. And also that kind of reminds me of like when packing. Packing always feels like an uphill slog. And then when you go home, it's a downhill slog because you just got to get all your crap in the car, right? Or in the suitcases. Yes. And then in the middle is that sort of nice plateau of when you can enjoy, hopefully, your time (laughs) or a lot of it on vacation. And you're right. If you have a lot of destinations that you're bouncing around, it's going to be uphill plateau, uphill plateau. Like it's going to feel like a slog. Yeah. And getting all that stuff back into the bag and not being able to just jam it in there because you're going home to your laundry. But, you know, if you're going to another destination and the stuff has to be clean and you have to do laundry and, you know, at the end of the trip, you just want to be able to throw out, you know, the pants that they pooped in and the sandals (laughs) that are just gone. And, you know, you want to have less that you're bringing home. And, yeah, the packing up in the middle of the trip. Is, can be rough. And so can flying, to yeah. be honest, sometimes yeah. for certain kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, some, you know, it was funny. I remember it was super easy flying with my baby when he was seven months. And then the next time we went on a plane, I think it was eight months later. And I was like, who is this child? I mean, he was climbing <laughs> yes. underneath the seats. Like he somehow got out of my arms, you know, he was under, you know, it got into the seat behind us saying hello <laughs> to the people there. That is so true. It was just like, and he was too young to be entertained by an iPad or to keep headphones on. So, you know, for a first trip with a toddler, I do like a short drive, get in the car early in the morning or at nap time or when they're sleeping. That's like my ultimate favorite, like break it up. We'll leave at night, stop somewhere, you know, somebody knows someone on the way, you know, they'll sleep over and then early morning, just get in the car and finish the drive. Or just, you know, go somewhere two, three hours away. But everyone is desperate to go see new places and kids benefit too. Like, even though they will have no memory of this trip, most likely, depending on what age of the toddler years you're in, it will impact them. Like it will help shape their personality. They'll remember the feeling of being on the trip. They might remember a little piece of it. They'll like hearing that they went there. Mm-hmm. And and they really are some of the happiest memories you have as a parent. But, it you know, it is a lot of work. So you want to do you want to pick wisely. I think where you're going and not set yourself up for, you know, the greater the expense and the greater the effort that goes into the trip, I think the higher the expectations are that it's going to go smoothly. And when they pick up that stomach bug. Why do kids always puke on vacation? That's what I want to know. And that's another reason why you want two rooms. Yes. You know, or even two bags. Yes. So you have like a sick ward? Kind of. So that if somebody gets sick, you have, I mean, I'm kind of a germaphobe, but yeah, like to be able to have some space. And that's also why it's nice to be in an Airbnb, too. Like, even if they're not sick, just to be able to, you know, you've got diapers, just all the things that come with kids to be able to control your garbage, to be able to have a little place where you can feed them some familiar Mm -hmm. foods because their schedules can be totally screwed up. But if they like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, you want to have a little place where you can make Mm -hmm. that or you can store some milk and Cheerios and just kind of keep some things consistent. Mm You know, whatever little piece you can keep consistent from your home schedule will go a long way in helping a two, three-year-old, you know, adjust to the trip. And, you know, I think it's interesting right now because all these families are going to be traveling for the first time in a long time and people really feel out of practice. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I feel rusty (laughs) as hay. I wanted to ask you about that, about feeling rusty. For people on all different budgets... 
like small budgets, big budgets, whatever. I noticed that I read this VRBO Verbo now, I believe, <laughs> did a survey of like 8,000 families and it sounded like the top five destinations were sort of all local or like national parks oriented, state parks oriented, that kind of thing. Whatever budget you're on, have you seen a trend in any way in your experience or in the parents that you've talked to about staying closer to home and how can we make those vacations as relaxing or as, you know, what can we do for the moms or dads who are the primary caretakers making those peanut butter and jellies at seven o'clock in the morning, regardless of our budget, how can we make sure or try to make vacations calming and rejuvenating for everybody? Yeah, that's such a good question. And, you know, camping and going locally has been, that is how families have traveled over the last year for the most Mm -hmm. part. Mm -hmm. Also just because of So I don't know when that survey was from, but I mean, we kind of ceased our travel coverage. We cover travel so much. It's such a huge interest for our readers. And then when the pandemic happened, it was just very difficult to figure out how to cover it. And now we're gearing up and we're doing so much coverage. But we did think about doing a story that was just like a place to go in every state because people were trying to stay within their state because if they left their state, then they had to report that they traveled to the school and then they had to quarantine for two weeks. And so that might be part of why we're seeing that trend. But I really do think a vacation, you know, and often we joke, you know, you can't really call traveling with kids vacation. It's a trip. But a vacation really is a state of mind, especially with kids. Like I once took my kids to a, you know, not glamorous hotel that the main reason we were there was it was across the street from an aquarium. Okay. (laughs) It was like a last minute trip. And, you know, for all my kids knew we could have been in, you know, Hawaii Mm -hmm. or Bermuda, they had an indoor pool. Mm -hmm. And that was like good enough for them. You know, we ordered a movie on the TV and they had a TV in their room. And that was pretty much like all it took. That sounds like heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you, you don't need to go far. And especially little kids are just they're not discerning anywhere new is going to be exciting to them. And I think it really is a state of mind for parents. What it's about is probably the number one thing is putting your phone away and, you know, disconnecting and just finding, I think, some, you know, a little bit of mindfulness and being with your kids and just focusing on the fact that you're together as a family. The point is to enjoy each other's company. You're not trying to get anything done. You've planned the trip. You're not going to be doing most likely intensive sightseeing with toddlers. You might do it with a baby, but, you know, when you've got a toddler like ages... 18 months to, you know, four or five years old, it's you mostly have to do things that they're going to enjoy or that are going to be nice for them. So, you know, whether it's taking a little hike as a family or exploring a park or, you know, finding the local, you know, I don't know, a little water park splash pad or going to the beach. I mean, it's really just about spending time together somewhere new. I mean, I think the magic thing about traveling, whether or not you have kids, is that you're no longer in your house. So you're not surrounded by all your stress and your problems. Sure. You're not looking at the, you know, broken coffee table that you need to replace right. or whatever it is or the laundry you have to fold. Like it's out of sight, out of mind. And if you can also somehow put your phone away, that's a vacation right there. You really don't have to go far. And I think that's the key. And that doesn't cost a thing, you know. I got a question for you. Do you consider visiting family a vacation? That's so interesting. I think it depends on the family. (laughs) I mean, it really depends on the family. We went once in my family. I wasn't expecting it to be a vacation. Now I'll have to send this to my aunt. But we went when my son was... And this was that trip where my son was like literally like all over the airplane. Everything was out of control. (laughs) And we were flying to Detroit. 
from New York. So it was like not a long flight, like an hour and 20 minutes. And, you know, by the time we got there, it felt like I'd been through something. And but we were visiting my aunt and she genuinely like made this a vacation for us. I mean, I've never felt so taken care of like snacks and every single thing for my kid and a bathrobe for him. And, you know, all my little cousins were there, a lineup of babysitters and kind of an itinerary. Wait, we're in Detroit. What's her address? What's her last name? <laughs> I'm going to line up of babysitters anywhere, anytime. Please. Bathrobes? Come on. Yeah. So I don't know. That's probably a rare experience, though. You know, that was he was sort of like one of the first. Yeah, everyone was desperate for any contact with a baby at that moment, I think. And they were just we hadn't seen them. All. It was just exciting. But so I really think it depends. You know, I think it's a priority to see family, especially when you live far away. And I know a lot of people use their vacation time for that. You know, it can be tricky if you're craving something else. Like if you have limited vacation time and you go see family, we at parents were always advocating for multi-generational trips. So you can go visit family, but also there's so many resorts that are great for, you know, everybody Everybody. coming along. And that's a huge benefit when you're traveling with little kids. Like if the cousins are there or or the grandparents are there so that... You know, they don't have to watch them 100% of the time, but they can mm-hmm. take them for an evening and you can go out to dinner. Or you have an extra yes. set of hands at the playground on the resort property or wherever you are. You rent a house right. and you're all together there, but not in, you know, I think it's easier to rent a house with people than to be staying in their house. Mm-hmm. Like then you're all kind of equals. You're all creating the rules together. And that I think is more of a vacation than going to visit someone. And you're also like splitting the cost too. So that could be easy on the pockets as well. I just want to go back and agree with one thing you said earlier. A couple of weeks ago, I think I told you about this, Blair. Just my son and I just took an overnighter and we stayed at like a suites oriented hotel of some kind right outside of Philadelphia. A solid half hour outside of Philly. So you save a little room, uh, save a little money rather. (laughs) And um, they had an indoor pool. And at the end of the day, oh, the reason why we're there, we stayed overnight to go to the Philadelphia Zoo the next day. And at the end of the first night, he's climbing into his travel bed and he said, this was the best day of my life. We hadn't gone to the zoo yet. Oh, it was because of the pool, you guys. 100%. And you're right. It was indoor pool. That'll do it. Indoor pools. Yeah, they are magical. I mean, they just can't believe there's a pool inside a building. And it's a different feeling than going to the Y. Yeah. You know, if you swim in it, it's like kind of luxurious and there's towels and, you know, there might be a snack bar. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, they get to flip flop through the lobby where there's that snack area, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he felt like like king of the forest. He was like, I'm, this is it. I've arrived. This is it. Yeah. And you can do that in your own town. And I mean, you can actually get a day pass to a lot of hotels and just, you know, they'll let you use the pool for the day. And that's yep. like an even bigger cost savings. And it's so memorable for little kids. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely believe in keeping it low key at this age. Although I know people who have traveled really, really far with young kids, but they are usually doing it to see family. Because they have family, you know, far away or friends or something like that. You know, I kind of bring that up to my parents sometimes, too, because before child, we would always try and get out of the country, maybe not every year, but, you know, every year or two to just sort of broaden our horizons and see different areas and stuff and really sort of fell in love with Central America through our travels there. And I'm dying to bring my son, my four year old with us. And it's funny how many people say, but they won't even remember it. But I agree with what you said earlier, where I truly do believe it will be harder. The flight is longer, you know, that kind of stuff. But even if he doesn't remember the exact trip, it could affect who he is as a person. 
growing up, it's building this foundation of having a wider worldview. And I'm trying mm-hmm. to balance that with the hard work that it is going to be, you know, if we fly somewhere that isn't, you know, just to, well, I live in Pennsylvania. So if we fly to Florida, it's not that bad. It's two and a half hours. But to go a little further, although he's pretty good about just locking in on that screen on the airplane. So I think he'll yeah. be okay longer than three hours. He's like, I get to watch Cars 3, the whole thing, in one sitting. I know. Well, my older son's always like, so how many movies? And I'm like, two and a half. He's like, what? (laughs) What? Are you kidding? Listen, take it from a kid who grew up overseas and traveled a lot. And listen, I was lucky because living overseas was like living in Germany, like going to France was like, you know, mm-hmm. if you live here, it was like going to Long Island, you know, being yeah. in Jersey and going to Long Island. You know what I mean? So I was very fortunate in that. And my parents, and here's the thing, we lived on a military base and my parents were really good. Most of my mother. Why? Because she had a flea market addiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she was really good about like taking me to different countries for, you know, weekend trips or you would take day trips to Salgumi's France to go to the flea markets, you know. Yeah. I mean, it was. And, you know, take it from me, a kid who grew up like that. It made me who I am. Yeah. You know, and it was so essential. And and like I said, yes, we're not like in Europe where, you know, Germany is literally a stone throw away from France. But even the small trips that you take are so essential for your kids development and being able to see and experience different people, different things. Absolutely. Yeah. That are outside of their normal routine is so, so critical. So, so yeah. And I mean, well, right now I'm living in Connecticut, but, you know, raising my kids in New York City. So they're exposed to a lot, you know, a lot of diversity, a lot of culture. And so I sometimes forget about that. But, you know, most people are living in a place that maybe is. Yeah. I mean, just walking down the street and seeing different people, hearing different languages. Those are really yes. important experiences for kids to yes. take in and absorb. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a priceless part of travel, I think. And, you know, we've seen surveys where kids, when people look back on their childhoods, they remember their vacations more than they remember Christmas gifts or birthday parties. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know about these toddlers, you know, are they thinking about the vacation when they were two? Probably not. But it's close, you know, that first memory, it's somewhere in there. It's two, it's three, it's four. You never know what experience is going to be the one that they really remember. Totally. And even if they don't remember it, you know, they might be exposed to new foods that they're going to their whole lives. They'll be like, I don't know why, like, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, oh, well, we gave it to you on vacation or you tried it at that hotel or, you know, we were... That was the cuisine that they were serving there. And so, you know, I definitely think it's worth exposing kids to everything. And I also think if you want to go somewhere amazing, like you want to go to to France or you want to go to Europe from here, then just, yeah, if you can try to go for a longer period and you can try to plant yourself somewhere in a comfortable rental, then that's really the dream. I mean, to be somewhere where you feel restored and the food is good Mm -hmm. and the natural surroundings are beautiful you know, then you don't need to go necessarily to every tourist attraction, but just being there is going to be a value to your family, I think. Totally. And make sure it has an indoor pool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen a trend in your readers or the people that you talk to? Blair and I were talking earlier today about flexcations, which is what a lot of people, because they could work from home or their kids were Mm. 
learning from home, they found that they were able to go places and stay longer because they could continue working while they were there and then have the night to go out, you know, on the town or what have you, and the weekends, of course. And I wondered if you had heard anything about this year about people tending to go that route as well, or are people going back to more traditional vacations from what you've heard? I think we're mostly going to see people going back to more traditional vacations, although it's hard But there were more people than in a regular year who saw this distance learning situation, opted out of the remote school or the hybrid situation for their kids, you know, and just signed on for homeschooling. Or if their kids were younger, they just kind of said, forget everything. And yeah, and they traveled. They either went to live somewhere else. We saw a lot more people renting RVs, doing road trips, going to live with family for extended time. I think, though, that most people are kind of eager to get back into a regular routine. So, you know, I think most people are going to go back to traditional vacations and want to set up a home base. But I also think that as a result of the pandemic, we're going to see more people homeschooling overall, like people who just really liked that lifestyle, who love the flexibility of being able to travel, who maybe don't love the public school system and took schooling their kids on themselves and found that to work better for them. And so I just think That's not going to be the majority of people, but I do think it's a growing group where it may be a little more common than it was because people had an opportunity to do it. To try it. Yeah. One of the silver linings of this, Blair and I try to find these silver linings all the time of this pandemic, the things we've learned, the things that were afforded to us that we would never have experienced. Was it not for this? And that might be an opening for some families to find the educational system that works for them, whether it be homeschooling or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, right now, I think we're just seeing such a rush on vacations that it's almost, to me, I'm like, oh, now I just have to wait even longer because I'm yeah. just not a big, you know, I'm seeing the delays at the airports yes. and the prices yes. feel so high. And the so prices and crowds. No, thank you. As much as I do love a pool, I don't want everybody around it. Yeah. And we were really spoiled over the last year because A, no one was traveling. But if you did go somewhere, you could pick when you wanted to go. So you were no longer stuck necessarily going in that school vacation week. Yeah. And now, you know, yeah, I think it's just going to be an intense year, which is another reason to kind of think local, think a little off the beaten path. You know, one big mistake we find a lot of people make, I don't want to say mistake, it's to each their own, but a lot of people try to go to Disney World, like as their first vacation (laughs) with their family. I just saw Parents Magazine had an article, I just read it, about going to Disney World during this time. Yeah, it sounds different. It sounds different. (laughs) People love Disney World, and I get it. And there are people who go every year, and they've been waiting their entire lives to have a kid to bring. And so they just go even though their kid still needs two naps a day or one nap a day. I think you're really best off going when you're done with the nap. Mm -hmm. So four or five potty trained and done with naps Mm. is probably the sweet spot of when you're going to fully be able to enjoy going to Disney World. Even though I feel like everybody needs a nap after (laughs) morning at one of their parks. But... You know, it's just a lot, like the booking, the fast passes and everything. It's really fun, but probably best to maybe, unless you live right near there, and it's a low-key way for you to go. Hey, listen, we're about to wrap it up here with you, but we're thrilled to have had you, Julia. Thank you. And I'm wondering, what's new at Parents Magazine? Anything going on that we should keep an eye out for? You know we're on parents.com. You know we love it. So what should we keep an eye out for? That's a good question. Well, we're gearing up. Our website just launched an amazing guide. This is totally off topic, but it's to helping talking to kids about being LGBTQ plus and, you know, just educating kids on that topic, helping yes. kids as they come out. 
And I think we've got 25 articles up on the website in this new hub that our digital team just launched. So I'd say check that out. And then we are also just wrapping up and this will be, you know, months down the line, but we did a search for the kindest families in America. Oh, yes. And we're super excited about that. So the window just closed. We had 500 entries and we're going to be revealing the winners in October. So that's a little further down the line, but... That's wonderful. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Why weren't Maybe. your 502, Blair? One from my family, one from your family. <laughs> Maybe you were in there. You never know if someone D- nominated you. But doubt it. Maybe. Ooh, that'll be fun <laughs> to find out. <laughs> Julia Edelstein from Parents Magazine, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. now, things you don't want to hear while on vacation with your kids. From Toddler Purgatory. Ow, 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 my back hurts. Mommy, did you forget to put sunscreen there? Oh, no, Mommy. I took the beach towels out of the bag back at the hotel. Too heavy. Can you, can you roll down the window? I'm starting to get that um, barfy feeling. Mommy, I feel hot and cold at the same time. What does that mean again? We forgot the iPad. Oh, no. Nana said when we're staying here, she'll let us have ice cream for breakfast every day, but she told us not to tell you. I see all the suitcases except Mommy's. Oh, wait, I think I saw Daddy leave Mommy's suitcase by the front door back at the house. I made up a song to sing on our road trip. It's about diarrhea. It's an hour long. Uh, Mommy, do you think the lice that Janie had could have followed us all the way from home? Because it's all itchy underneath my hair. Oh, it's okay, Mommy. We don't have to stop. I already went to the bathroom. 
This has been Things You Don't Want to Hear While on Vacation with Your Kids. From Toddler Purgatory. Welcome back. Oh, Julia, she had so many great things to say. What a great guest. She is what my dad would call a fount of information. And it's also nice to know that the editor-in-chief of... Like an awesome parents magazine <laughs> also goes home to a six-year-old and a four-year-old, both boys. Yeah, right. It's so funny. I mean, not that someone can't be an editor in chief and not have kids, of course. But there is something sort of like, ah, oh, yes, she's in it with us. She gets it. She gets yes. it. And I loved those hot tips. I mean, and one thing, like I said in the last section, going to the Philadelphia Zoo, but having that night before in a hotel with an indoor pool was as my son said, the best day of his life. (laughs) So that's one of my main takeaways from the Julia Edelstein interview was you don't have to go far to make memories. You don't. What a beautiful thing, right? Yes. And also, and one thing, you know, I also got from it is that even if our kids can't remember it, because I know about you, but I can't remember much from when I was four, but we are teaching our kids at that age how to vacation. Yes. They are learning how to learn. They're getting it. So then as they get older, sure, they might have more memories of the vacations that we have when they're older. But when they're two, three, four, they're learning how to be on vacation. They're learning the flexibility that comes with going to a new place. Mm -hmm. And also a great takeaway I had as well was as far as trying to be as present as possible, of course, as moms or parents, moms, dads, parents, you know, we all take on certain roles in our family. And to be honest, very often, if there's a mom in the family, that person takes on the role of getting people up, getting them dressed, getting the sunscreen on, getting the food packed up for the day, all that kind of stuff. So can vacations be relaxing for mom? And essentially what I got from Julia was that that's you're in charge of that in some ways. You're in charge. Mm-hmm. If you can be as present as possible, put your phone down. Don't worry about taking pictures. My whole thing is, oh, no, if I don't capture this in a photo, it didn't happen. Right. And I think there is a time for photos on vacation, of course, but we got to find those times when we can put the phone down and just be there with our kids. That was a great reminder from Julia. And, you know, I always go back whenever I hear things like this, I always go back to like how we grew up. Right. Not every day was captured. Right. Not every vacation was captured. And listen, if you left the camera in the hotel room or if there was nowhere to buy a disposable camera. Oh, well. Right. Yeah. I remember bringing the camera and the film was full. Yeah. My dad or mom would like look at the camera and be like, oh, man, we already took the last picture. So, you know, we didn't fret. Didn't fret. We didn't say, oh, I guess we wouldn't have fun today because there's no way to take a picture of it. <laughs> no one will ever know. No, it's we have to get back to that. We really, really do. Yeah, Give ourselves a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, Blair, what were some of your takeaways? Those are my main ones. I loved how she said, you know, if you can afford it, whenever you're getting a hotel or Airbnb, whatever you get, make sure that you get enough space, right, for you and your spouse and your children so that you're not like wanting to watch something on the Netflix and you can't because you got to keep it down. Yeah, you're all in the same room. It's a tough one. And she even said it might be worth it to stay at a less nice place To have two rooms or a separate room for the kids. Yeah, absolutely. If you can afford that. Can I say one other thing I didn't mention during the Julia interview, but I have had become important to me? If it's possible, try to figure out, especially if you're doing an Airbnb or a Verbo or HomeAway, one of those user-generated sites, 
try and figure out where right. the bathroom is located. Where it's upstairs. Because I have had the problem where the bathroom oh my. is through the child's room. Yes. So we rented a bungalow mm. down in Fort Worth, which was perfect. We loved it. Except for that, <laughs> the bathroom was Oh, you man. had to go past my sleeping son. Thank goodness he's a good sleeper to get to the full bathroom. And then other times I thought about it ahead of time and made sure the bathroom was far enough away from his room that I could, right. after he went to bed, right. take a shower oh, or yes. Yes. a bath. Or if it's like upstairs, downstairs. I've yes. had that issue where we've had a stairs issue and then I can't sleep because I forgot a, a gate and I'm afraid that my kid's going to get up and wander in the middle of the night and go, tumbling down the stairs. Yes, that's a really good point. Try and be aware of all those things as much as you can. And if you can't figure it out from the photos that are posted, send a quick message to the host. They are so helpful. For sure. And to the hotel, too. Hotels have a lot more amenities than they, you know, present on their websites and whatnot. Call and ask. That's a good idea because then you don't have to pack the pack and play if they have cribs. I'm always so grateful for that. And then the last thing we got from her, I think, was, uh, I don't know. Maybe don't go to Disney as your first post-pandemic vacation. Don't do it. It's a big trip, y'all. It is so fun and magical. We all know that. But maybe not the first trip. Especially now, right? Because everyone's being let out the cage, let out the pandemic cage, and everyone is... (laughs) (laughs) So everyone's ready to, to take that vacation and, you know... Get the kids to someplace really fun and exciting. Disney World's always up at the top of that list. Of course. You might not want to just put it second or third on the list. Put it second or third. Or any place that you feel maybe a little bit mobbed, the mob scene, just to eke yourself out of the pandemic cage. A little bit of peace of mind. And especially, listen, I know people who thrive in mob scenes and my hat's off to you. I don't, unfortunately. But if you need that peace of mind and you need a vacation for yourself, you know, take it maybe local. Yeah. Yeah. The five places that were listed in that Verbo survey that people, the top five places were all towns in the United States. And one great tip, I think I read there or somewhere else, was that a lot of national parks, we've been doing state parks and they are amazing. And but a lot of parks are filling up their reservations for campsites or cabins or chalets, that kind of thing. So you might have a little bit of a hard time getting a spot for your RV. However, there are cancellations happening at national parks because many of the people who travel from other countries that are coming in have travel restrictions. And so they're either not making the reservations or they made the reservations a year ago hoping they could travel here. And unfortunately, because of restrictions, they aren't able to. So one hot tip I read was even if it's last minute, give a ringy ding. Give those people a call. They are so helpful. The rangers and other national park and state park employees, shout out to them. So helpful. They want to help you schedule your trip. So if they have last minute cancellations or if they have an open spot, you can find out. Sometimes you can find out online, but sometimes you can just give them a call and be like, hey, what's the sitch? What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Yes. (laughs) So that's another idea, too, is keep it local and, you know, be flexible. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it is to be as flexible as possible. Go easy on yourself. On, I mean, I think we've touched upon that almost every episode we've done thus far is that we just have to go easy on ourselves. And if it's a treat to your kids, know that it can be a treat to you as well. Just take that pressure off. Put that phone down and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Even if it's in your backyard, just today I was looking at an awning at a local sporting goods store that was on sale and I was like, well, if it's on sale, 
<laughs> I probably should get it. It was a pretty good sale, y'all. I'm not going to lie. But it's one of those like 10 by 10 foot awnings that go in your backyard. And I was like, we don't have to go anywhere. We just get a little pool from Target and put yes. up this awning and just get a little Moscow mule going. Yes. It's all what you make of it, ladies and gents. It's all what you make of it. Vacation <laughs> is what you make of it. Try to treat yourself as well. And while you're at it, when you do go back to your phone after your vacation, <laughs> maybe subscribe to Toddler Purgatory, right? Yeah, it's on all streaming platforms. Oh, and also, Molly. What? Tylerpurgatory.com and get yourself some merch. Guys, we have hot merch. Take a hoodie with you on your vacay, yeah? Maybe put a little onesie on your kid that says, My Mom's in Toddler Purgatory. Oh, yes. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> we are in the trenches, you guys. Yes. And let's once again thank our esteemed guest from Parents Magazine, editor-in-chief, in fact, of Parents Magazine, Julia Edelstein. What a great interview and some great things that we got from her. Yeah, which was so helpful. And also, I think we should start an online campaign to get us on the cover. What do you think? Do it. Do it. Let's get it going. Let's start the rumor that we are going to be on the cover. Just to be like, put it out in the universe. <laughs> universe, you hear us. She'll hear the rumor and be like, what? I never said they could be on the What? <laughs> she was awesome. We're so proud to have had her as our first guest on Toddler Purgatory. Yes! Yes! To our regular listeners, thank you for being here. We'll see you at the next episode. To our new listeners, thank you for being here. We'll see you on the new episode. Take it easy, y'all. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.